Okay, we are, we've, we're working through our way through the book of Ephesians at the moment. We're nearly finished. And um, so if you'd like to find the book of Ephesians, we're going to look at chapter 5 and a bit of chapter 6 today. And while you do that, um, I will just get my notes ready, which seem to have frozen. Get there eventually. And um, so this, we're going to be reading from verse 21. And before we do that, I just want to give you just like a, if you, a reminder, really, if you like, a, an overview of, of the story so far. So just to remind you, because when we get... Remember, this is a letter written to a church, all right? And sometimes we read these things, and particularly if you just sort of turn somewhere into the middle, you kind of start reading and you think, OK, right, these are just interesting things but they all joins together and it's always a good idea I mean particularly it's a book like Ephesians it's only six chapters you can read that in I don't know 20 minutes or something you could do you could read through it maybe half an hour it's a good idea just to read it through and get the whole flow okay so I just want to remind you of some of the things that that, that, that are written in this earlier and for instance um, uh, the, there is talk in the earlier chapters where God uh, it's talking about what God has done and, and Paul is saying you are a chosen people Okay, you are now children of God. Even if you weren't before, even if you were like Gentiles who were the outsiders in the olden days, now everyone is brought in through Christ. Those who are in Christ are brought into his family. There's one new humanity. There's no them and us anymore. Um, we're united through Christ and we're brought near. It's not just like we're, we're just part of the outsiders somewhere out in the outer courts. It's almost like you're right here, right in, close with God. All of you. And so that's some of the stuff that, um, that, um, that, that Paul was talking about earlier. And then, as I said last week, it's a kind of game of two halves, really. From, so from chapters 1 to 3, you've got the, this is what God has done, and this is who you are now because of the result of what God's done. And then from chapters 4, 5, and 6, here's, now as a result of that, here's how you live. Here's how you work this stuff out, because that's easy to say. How does that work in practice? Okay, so that's kind of the bit we've got to. How does this all work in practice? So I'm going to read to you from um, chapter 5, verse 21. um, And, um, yeah, you can follow along from there. Which says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Wives, submit yourselves to your own husbands, as you do to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ is the head of the church, his body, which he is the saviour. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word, and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. After all, no one ever hated their own body, but they feed and care for their body, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each one of you also must love his wife as he who loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honour your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, so that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy long life on the earth. 
Fathers, do not exasperate your children. Instead, bring them up in the training and instruction of the Lord. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favour when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from, from your heart. So serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord, not people, because you know that the Lord will reward each one of you whatever good they do, whether they are a slave or free. And masters, treat your slaves in the same way. Do not threaten them, since you know that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven, and there is no favouritism with him. Okay, it's quite a long passage there. Um, what holds all this together is what we looked at last week, which is verse, uh, chapter 5, verse 21, which says, Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Okay, now that holds everything I've just read together. And we talked a lot about that last week. Um, if you want to catch up, you can listen online. Um, and, and so just as a summary of last week, we talked about to submit to one another. <coughs> to one another means we're talking about a flow of grace. Okay, it's not just me saying I'm going to submit to Shari. Sorry, anyone who's sat in my view of vision will get picked on. To, um, it's not just me saying I'm going to submit to Shari, but she's submitting to me and I'm submitting to her. And then in that, there's this continual flow and a movement of God's grace between us. Okay, it's not just a one-sided thing. It's a two-way mutual thing. And I said last week that submission requires two things, a high view of ourselves and a high view of the other person, meaning... Um, I have a value and I have a worth. I'm not just saying I'm a nothing nobody, so I'm going to submit. And I'm just sort of, you know, tread me into the ground, just do whatever you like with me because I'm just no good anyway. I'm saying I have some value. I have a lot of value, actually, because I'm made in the image of God. And I'm going to submit to you knowing that I'm offering myself with purpose and value in that. Does that make sense? So I went to a lot of it last week. You can have to listen if you didn't. But also, I look to the other person... And I say, I see the image of God in them. And as a result, I'm not just submitting to anybody. I'm submitting to God as I'm doing this. So I have God in view when I'm submitting to people, other people. So you're having a high view of them, a high view of yourself. And that, in that way, submission works well. Otherwise, we get into a kind of quite a dominating, bullying, potential manipulation type thing. Okay, but that's not what Jesus is about. And in all of this, God is involved because this is all about reverence for Christ. Okay, um, and so if you want to learn how to submit and you want to learn how to to be a good leader or a, a some like a master rather than a slave here, um, then study Christ. Study Christ. Look to Christ. Follow Him, and you will learn to do this well. There's last week's sermon. In why didn't I do it in two minutes like I did last week? Anyway, so um, that's last week. This week we're going to look, there's three sets of relationships here that are mentioned. We've got husbands and wives, children and parents, masters and slaves. Now look around the room, okay, some of us can relate to some of those things. In fact, all of us can relate to at least one of those things, right? Okay, some of us can relate to husband and wives, yeah? Some of us can relate to children and parents, some of us are children. We're all children, by the way, at some point. Uh, some of us are parents, Yeah? Uh, and slaves and masters now there's a funny one I'm guessing looking around the room as far as I know there's nobody who has um, servants or are servants however there are probably situations in our world today where we find ourselves where we're stuck in a position where we just have to do 
have to do in a relationship, if you like. Or we may be, maybe it's through work or whatever situations, we're in a situation where we are rulers, if you like. We are the boss. Yeah? So we'll, we'll kind of, you can relate to that. Um, and in all of these, and I, if I had more time I'd go into this, but in all of these, if you look, if you read through that, in every one of those types of relationships, it says God is involved. Yeah? In a re- marriage relationship, it says this is a picture of Christ and the church. In the relationship between um, uh, children and their parents, it says that do this because this is instruction from God himself. In Masters and Slaves, it's saying to the slaves, look, see beyond and through your master and say, through that person, I see God is master. And so I'm going to... And, and masters also see that you are under a master. And so in all of these things, know that God is involved in all of these relationships. Okay? But what I'm going to do today is I want us to generalise these things, these, all these relationships, and just put them into two categories. And what I want us to do is I want us to realise that in every relationship, there is a stronger and a weaker person or partner. There is a greater and a lesser. There is a person with authority and there's a person maybe who's a, 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 a novice. Okay? And so you would see in the husband-wife um, relationship, it's saying here, husbands, you're the stronger one here. So live well with that. There's responsibility in that. Wives, you are the weaker ones in this. Now, I'm not going to get into the whole sort of equality thing here. I'm just talking from what the scripture is saying at that time. You've got to understand this is speaking into a time and a place. All right, so please don't think I'm against women and they're the weaker sex and all this kind of thing. In, in, in many ways, there's strength there. And then we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, but in everyone it says <coughs> parents and children, you know, you've got a, a greater and a lesser. You've got masters and slaves, you've got a greater and a lesser. And in every relationship, when you think about it, that dynamic works out. And it often changes depending within circumstance. So I was thinking about this. Let me pick on Reg now. I was thinking if Reg and I went to the Barbican Concert Hall this evening to, to hear the London Symphony Orchestra, okay, to play Mahler's Third Symphony, okay, in that situation... I would be the greater and he would be the lesser. All right? Let's just be no bones about it because I know people in the London Symphony Orchestra. <laughs> um, I know a lot about Mahler. I've actually played at the Barbican. I know my stuff. All right? So if Reg wants to, if he starts going, oh, oh, oh let me tell you about Mahler, let me tell you about the London Symphony Orchestra. Yes, Reg, but I'm afraid I am the boss here. I know what I'm talking about. All right? That's not me boasting. Yeah, it is. It's just me. Um, that's, that's who we are in that relationship, right? However, if Reg comes round to my house, so he, I'm the greater, he's the lesser in that situation. If he comes round to my house with his chainsaw and says, let's do some work on your trees, Richard, all of a sudden the tables are turned, aren't they? He becomes the greater, I become the lesser. I have no idea what I'm doing with a chainsaw. I, have no, I want to have any idea to know what to do with a chainsaw, but he's the boss. In fact, if he tells me what, if he, whatever he says goes. All right, does that make sense? So depending on our circumstances, and, that, and that's why I'm saying within a marriage, those things can change um, and in all kinds of situations. It depends on our circumstance, who is greater and who is lesser. All right, so you're going to have to figure that out. Um, but in every relationship, there is that dynamic, okay? Um, so I want to maybe just stop and think, you know, maybe think about some of your relationships, some of the relationships you have here in church, some of the relationships you have maybe with people that come to feast who will be here later, some people in your family. And just think, you know, where, where do I sit with this? You know, where's the greater and the lesser in this? Um, and sometimes you may think, well, we're kind of equal. How does that work? Um, and I was thinking about this because 
are all relationships, do they have this kind of greater, lesser thing? I think they probably do. I'll give you an example. I play in a jazz group called the Karas Ensemble. You can buy my CDs later. Um, and there's four of us. There's me on tuba. There's Pete, who plays piano. A lot of you know Pete very well. There's Dan, a saxophone player, and Tom, drummer. Okay? Now, in one way, we are equals. They're all excellent musicians. Um, on their own, in their own right. But when it comes to harmony and melody, <coughs> Pete is just head and shoulders. He composes and writes and just has an understanding of harmony and melody way beyond me. Okay? When it comes to understanding the history of music and just, just a whole breadth of knowledge of different people and different styles, Dan is your man. If you want to know about stuff in jazz history, go to Dan. Don't go to Pete, he has no idea. Yeah. <laughs> we always make fun of him. He has no idea. Go to Dan, he has authority in that. If you want somebody who just flows and gets the, the vibe right straight away, go to Tom. He's just got the vibe. Where do I fit into this? I think for me, I've probably got out of all of them just the, the widest spread of musical backgrounds. I've done a lot of different things across a lot of different genres. And so I bring a kind of big picture, which they don't. So we're equals, but at the same time, different people have different authorities within that group. Does that make sense? And so that will probably work for you as well in different relationships. So figure that out. Anyway, the other thing to point out is in Christ, when we're in church, greater and lesser does not mean, hear this right, does not mean better and worse. Because normally in the world, we'd think, going back to the, when we go to the, we should go to the Barbican tonight and check out some music. And um, you know, <laughs> normally people think greater... Um, so greater means better. But not in Christ. Oftentimes people will say greater means more loved. But not in Christ. And all lesser means not so loved. Um, and if you read here, verse, uh, chapter, chapter 6, verse 9, it says, No matter whether you're master or the slave, it says there are, is no favoritism with God. There's no favouritism with him. So whether you're stronger or wiser or greater, it, that, that doesn't matter before God. You're not loved more. So there's good news. There's no favouritism, okay? It, it, good news, and people tend to think this. People like me who stand up and do the preaching, well, God must love you more because he's chosen you to be pastor. Well, again, you don't know me like God knows me kind of thing. And the good news is that I don't know you the way God knows you. So, you know, God loves you. He loves me equally whether you're the pastor whether you're the first time in church whether you haven't been Christian for two days or whatever do, do we get this in Christ greater doesn't mean better it just is just a position so that's good news there's no favoritism with God so the key thing today is that whatever your position in your in relationship you have around you if you read this you realize that you have a role and you have a responsibility and that is part of the submitting to one another. So whether you're the greater or the lesser, whether you're the more experienced or the less experienced, there is a role for you to play. Because these relationships in Christ are mutual relationships. And it's, it's a beautiful thing when we have mutual relationships. No matter how great or less you are. In Christ, and this is different to the way the world works, in Christ there are no lowly, helpless completely dependent on everybody else, people. It, in here, in, in Christ, <coughs> the lowly are elevated and have responsibility and a role. And they have worth. 
In Christ, there are no overbearing dictators who rule other people as if they're worthless. Now, in ancient times, it's quite likely that husbands did not treat their wives so well. They would have ruled over them, been overbearing, basically, click your fingers and do the do whatever I say kind of thing. Surely masters and slaves would have done that. And probably parents would have done too. But in Christ, as we said last week, you know, leadership equals service. There's a different dynamic going on in Christ. And so in this, as you read through this, you realise that in every relationship, there is something for, uh, there is a responsibility for both sides of the relationship. Okay? Relationships don't happen by accident. They take work and, and from both sides. So it's a mutual thing. It's submitting to one another. The weaker has a role. The stronger has a role. And, and in all of those things, that builds each other up. And we become more fully human. More, we grow into who we're supposed to be in Christ. And, and it's a good thing. So I'm going to give you a few no-nos to start with. And then we'll do the yes-yeses. Is that right? No-nos. You know what I mean? No-nos. Like, don't do these. And then we'll do the do-do-these. Okay? Um, so, um, now, the no-nos are not so easy to spot in yourself. Okay? Um, you, if you want to work on this, and I, and I recommend that you do, and we all do this. It takes reflection. It takes asking the Holy Spirit, come and help me with this. And often or not, it takes the input of a trusted friend. And I'll give you an example. I had a friend. I'm not going to go into the details because it wouldn't be right to. But I have a friend of mine who just recently said, do you realise that you do this? And he said, actually, because I've realised this about myself, this is how I behave. And he said, do you realise that you do this? And I stopped and thought, okay, actually, yeah, you're right, I do. I'm not going to tell you what the this is in this instance. Normally I'm quite open about these things, but this is... Uh, um, <laughs> It, so that could be, do you realise, and for his examples, do you realise that you put so-and-so down a lot, you know, in public, you know, always put people down? Or do you realise that you treat so-and-so differently? Or do you realise that you, 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 um, you, you like to take the help from people, but you don't like to take the advice from people? Those kind of things. And it takes a, trust, a trusted friend to do that. And so in developing these relationships we're talking about, and then actually these kind of things, we start, we, it becomes a, hopefully a, a healthy thing where we start to grow in, in godliness as people around us are able to speak into our lives. So, no-nos. No self-centred relationships here. In this, there is nothing about these relationships where it's all just about me. Okay? Uh, there are no codependent relationships here. Do you know what I mean by codependent? That's, that's a kind of psychological term. But that's the, are those relationships where it's just one-sided, where one person relies solely on the other person for absolutely everything, meeting all their emotional needs, their self-esteem. Everything relies on the other person. And I tell you what, if you're ever in those kind of relationships, it's really draining for that other person. That's not mutual. Okay, that's codependent. There's no controlling or abusive relationships here in Christ. You know, and controlling can happen both ways. You know, you can obviously have a, a kind of stronger person who controls others. That, that's pretty obvious. But also, oftentimes a weaker person in a relationship who kind of just says, well, I'm just weak and you've got to do things my way. Unless... That then starts to be controlling. Because then everybody else is treading on eggshells because they can't do this, that or the other because they're, I'm weak. Yeah? That's not what it's talking about here. Those are the no-no's. 
And we could spend a lot of time talking about it, but I'm not going to move on to the, the yes, yeses, the positives. This is, what, this, is, this is what Scripture speaks to us, um, to the weak and the strong in relationships. First of all, to those who are weaker, it's, so here's some of the words that he uses. As you read through here, you'll see these words. Submit, it says. Respect. Obey. Honour. Serve. And in all those things, keep Jesus in view. If you are in a weaker, um, just as I said, if Reg and I had gone to the Barbican this, this evening and he starts spouting off and telling me how great his knowledge about music is, there's not a lot of respect in that. There's not a lot of honouring in that. Um, but keep Jesus in view. Give yourselves to each other wholeheartedly. Take their advice. Follow their lead. Using a musical phrase, be their roadie. You know, when you find somebody who, who is greater than you in a, in a thing and you want to learn in that, that area, just go and follow them around. Pick up their bags and just go, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to learn your ways. And in serving, don't expect them to do everything for you. Allow them to speak into your life. This is what submitting and respecting and honouring is all about. And realise that if you do that, you have something to give in the relationship. You're not just receiving. You've got something to give. And that giving might just be honour. But there's something for you that there... And I'll give some examples later. That's, that's how that can work. To the stronger, here are some of the words. Love. Teach. Train. Do not be overbearing. Respect. Value. And again, keep Jesus in view. Look at how Jesus does this. Look at how he teaches and look at how he serves. Look at how he, he submits and look at how he, he leads. Keep Jesus in view. Encourage, give opportunity, serve, empower, release. Those are the words that are spoken to those who are stronger in the relationship. And I'm going to give you a few examples. I hope I don't embarrass people. Um, I'm going to... Sorry, I'm going to talk about Chris. Chris um, helped me out uh, a couple of months ago, maybe two or three months ago. Um, Louise had bought a tile. If you've been to our house recently, you'll see we've got a nice... um new fire in our fireplace in that front room and to, to fit it in the fireplace we needed to put a new tile in just to get it to sit in the right place I had bought the tile <clears throat> well no Louise had bought the tile and Louise thinks I can do everything because she submits to me um, and it's very affirming and sometimes slightly overstated so she thinks I, because I've done a bit of DIY I can cut this tile I'm looking at this tile I'm thinking I haven't got any equipment to, to cut this tile um, it's tricky to cut tiles it's not something I really want to do I know Chris has got an angle grinder I'll get Chris to cut the tile okay I'll get this is my thinking I'm completely submitting to Chris's authority in tile cutting here I'll get him to do it so I go around and uh, we we fix up a tile and and Chris who has complete authority when it cuts he's got an angle grinder I mean I'm a musician, I like my fingers on my hands, all right? <laughs> when I think of angle grinders, I'm thinking, this, this is my whole left hand gone, I'm not going to be able to play piano or whatever. That's the way my mind works. I'm also just very safety conscious. So he's got this metal spinning disc. <laughs> and, and so we talk about it, and, and, sh- and we make a practice cut, I think we did. And then Chris shows me how to do it. And then he basically kind of sort of hands me the, the tile cutter and says, OK, I've shown you how to do it effectively. Um, and this is what you need to do. It's your tile. <laughs> <laughs> you can cut it, you know. And, but he stood with me and we talked it through and we chatted it, you know, we, we saw where things weren't going right and he, he gave me advice as I'm going along. Okay? This, <coughs> I submitted to Chris's authority in that instance. 
he also used his authority but didn't use it in a overbearing way because what he could have done is like, oh Richard you know I mean this, this took ages <laughs> he could have just done this in minutes knowing Chris but he could have taken it out of my hands and let me just get on with it uh, sorry sorry and, and he would just go he could have just got it on with it and just done it um, he could have just watched me and kind of gone oh because you know I didn't do it perfectly obviously first go but it was it was good enough by the end but or he could have told me how how just terrible I, a job I'd done on it has anyone been in that kind of situation where you've just got somebody who knows what they're talking about and just keeps telling you how bad you are at that, that? He didn't do that. He could have screamed at me as I'm holding the thing, said, no, don't do that, you idiot, you know. No, he didn't do that very calmly. He just guided me, try this, try that. Yeah. He trained, he instructed, he demonstrated, he let me do it, he gave me space, he advised, he stood with me, but he let me find my way. And... You know, it wasn't that kind of, I, I, I'll do this, you can't do this. He, he allowed and he trained. And, and I see Christ in that. that that's just a, that's a good godly way of doing things. So, there's an example of someone who, who uh, I submitted, he, but he, he was a great teacher and a great role model there. I'm going to pick on John. John is reading through the Bible in a year. Mm. How are you doing, John? Exodus at the moment, okay, there we go. A few weeks ago, John came up to me and he had a whole load of questions. I love it when that happens, by the way, if you're doing this, okay? If you have a whole load of questions, I love answering questions. Or I love, I'm not necessarily answering questions, but I love being <coughs> challenged by questions. So in this instance, I'm the teacher. I'm the rabbi, if you like. John is the student. And that's how he came. John had some questions and he didn't come, he could have come in a bit of a cynical way, as if it's like, and one of the questions was about circumcision, and I think maybe, maybe John was worried. <laughs> Having read the Bible for the first time, maybe John was worried that this, maybe, is this what we do in our church, circumcision? <laughs> you know? Why not? If you haven't read the Bible before, and that's, you're reading it from start to finish, you get to this bit and you think, okay, what's this talking about? Right? Where do I fit into this story? Okay? And he could have come maybe with a cynical kind of like, really? But he didn't. He could have come with some questions to catch me out. People have done that before. He could have, and, and people have done this before, he could have come with, with scripture, finding some scriptures to try and back up his point of view. He didn't come with that. He just wanted to come and learn. So he asked me a few questions. We chatted a few, about a few things. And there was a couple of times where he said, aha. And God likes it when we say aha. It's this kind of, ah, yeah, the penny's dropped. Aha. And he listened. And in fact, we talked about a few things. I don't know if you remember, John. And we just took it a little bit further. We just went a bit deeper with what, beyond the questions that John had asked. And, and he was okay with that. And so here's someone who comes and submits to, to somebody else, to me. And that, that was great. It was a beautiful thing. I want to challenge you, John, actually. When you have questions, don't just ask me. Because this, I want to broaden us. You know, go and ask anybody else. Go and, just because sometimes people just think it's only me that can do the teaching there should be people around here that should be able to answer these questions and if not and if you get asked by John here's challenge challenge from John if you get a question about John from and you're thinking actually I don't know what about what I think about circumcision in the Old Testament then don't just only give an answer straight away you can go back and say John I'm going to get back to you on that I'm going to do some thinking on that one alright that's okay isn't it yeah so little challenge okay um Again, that's, that's, there, was a, there was something in which a Christ-like submitting and uh, a stronger and weaker, but um, <coughs> greater and lesser worked out. But there was, there was a responsibility from both sides. If, 
Do, do you see? I was also thinking about um, Liam. Everyone know Liam? Does, you may not know that. Liam is um, Wendy and Reggie's son. He is 30 now or 30? 30. When I first knew Liam, he was not 30. He was, uh, must have been about 15, I guess. He can't be 12, I've only been here 15 years. Yeah, yeah, but he was, he was young, young enough. I know, I feel like I've been here forever, yeah. Um, and again, in that relationship, I'm the older one. He's the younger one. He's like a son to me in a, in a, in a way. Um, I'm like a dad to him in a way. And so there's that kind of greater, lesser dynamic going on, all right? And I, I can't get around the fact that I'm never going to be younger than I'm never going to be younger than him, right? <laughs> it's just the way what life works. Even as I get older, he gets older, and we don't go backwards, you know? We got together the other day, and we do from time to time. And, and I hope in our relationship, I've given him space and encouragement and teaching um, uh, and I've always said, you know, my desire is that Liam becomes a better preacher than me, a better pastor than me, better in the sense of, you know, he can go beyond where I've gone. I don't want him to be limited by, by me. I, I, I love him and I've trained him as, as best I can. I've instructed him. Um, I've not said, though, I've not said you need to do it my way or else. Yeah. Um, I've not forced him to believe or think the things I believe. You know, we have doctrinal differences. I mean, how dare he, Right. He came from this church and he has different views than me. Huh? No, I'm allowing that. That's okay. We're allowed to have sort of a different take on things. He's been to Bible college. I haven't. You know? Um, I don't do things or say things to him to deliberately wind him up. That kind of thing. And, and ultimately, my leadership of him, if you like, is there to serve him. Because I want him to go beyond me. I want him to actually realise that there, he needs, and he does. He, he knows that there are other <coughs> people like me that can take him beyond <coughs> Because he's not solely reliant on me, right? Being his rabbi, if you like. Um, and in return, he has always submitted to my authority, my position. He used to say every Sunday, he would come up to me pretty much every week. And this was very encouraging, by the way, just if you want a bit of advice. He would always come up to me and his words were nicely done when I preached. And it always used to bless me. Every, pretty much every week, nicely done, Pastor, he would say. He always submitted to my position. He would ask questions, or rather like John did, but there was a humility in them. He would listen, and you can tell he was taking it in. Um, and he asked questions, but in turn now it's got to the point where he starts to ask questions which stim- stimulate my thinking. And, and so there's this mutual relationship. Even though he's still younger than me, and he's still uh, got not as so much experience as me, and that's never going to change because I'm older than him. That's the way it is. But I learn from him, and even though he's younger, he pushes me. Now, if he were constantly trying to undermine me or question me or catch me out or point out my faults in public or when he's come to preach here, he's come to uh, undo the things that I've taught you last week, that wouldn't be so great. You know that, right? That has happened to me. (laughs) By the way, those kind of things have happened to me. Uh, But that would be, rather than be a blessing, that would be a draining, almost curse to me. But he's not like that. He hasn't used his lesser position to control. He's, and I've not my, used my greater position to control. But there's been a submitting to one another. Even though he is younger and less experienced and I'm older and more experienced. Does that make sense? In every relationship, submit out of a reverence for Christ. In every relationship. So I'm going to challenge you this week. In every relationship you have, find your position. 
And it, as I say, it may change. It may be in different circumstances. You may have a different responsibility. But in Christ, there's mutuality. And it's good for all of us. Learn the way of submission. Learn the way of love. Read through this passage again and just see how it works. See how those dynamics work. Reflect on your relationships. Think. Maybe think right now. You can think of one or two relationships where you have, where you know you are actually, and we don't necessarily like to admit this all the time, but we are in the greater position. You know, maybe just through age, maybe through experience, maybe through situation. And maybe there is just call to mind some relationships where you know you are the, the lesser position. And ask the Holy Spirit, how do I contribute in this? How do I grow in this relationship? How do I submit? How do I serve? Serve? How do I learn? How do I honour? How do I love? How do I guide? How do I encourage? And in all of that, look to Christ. It's him who gives us the way. He's, he shows us, he directs us and leads us. And it's in him you will see the beauty of, of how this is done perfectly. He's the one who loves perfectly. He's the one who serves perfectly. He's the one who submits to the Father perfectly. He's the one who leads and encourages and allows the disciples to flourish perfectly. And as we do this, know that Christ is elevated. And it may work out in cutting tiles. It may, I was talking to about Keith, Keith, another DIY, drilling holes in walls. <laughs> you know, these things work out in very ordinary ways in some ways, but, but it, it builds and deepens relationship. Let's pray. Come Holy Spirit and speak to us now. Come Holy Spirit and speak to our hearts. Let us call to mind these relationships that we have. Somewhere we are greater, somewhere we are lesser. And teach us your way. Teach us your way of serving and submitting. Teach us your way of loving and encouraging. Teach us what our responsibility is in the relationships we have. Because we want to see you more. We want to see you glorified in, in the relationships of church. The way of uh, this family of church here is different to the way of the world. Pray help us to, to leave behind the things of the old. Where we've been weak and just said, I'm helpless, forgive us, Lord. Where we have been strong and overbearing, Forgive us, Lord, and in all things, let us grow into the fullness of who you've made us to be. <coughs> so I pray now, just as we have time to spend together, just to chat and to, to be together, that you would teach us your ways and that we would grow in this mutual submission, submitting to one another all for your glory. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen.